After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Red Circle, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you like, subscribe, and turn your notifications on. Also, check out the new Off the Floor. It's on Discord, much more interactive than what we did previously, $2.99 per month. Trust it once you're there. You will want to stay. Check it out off the floor. It's in the description here on the podcast feeds and on the YouTube channel, as well as the top of the five reasons sports Twitter. Also check out. Well, no, we're not checking anything else out yet. And now today's episode. Down to this Five on the floor, drive for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Bucket said, you in trouble, y'all. Check the floor plan, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's probably have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Thanks for catching me, guys. Here's today's floor plan. We've got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. Greg Sylvander, you can follow at Greg Sylvander. Brady Hawk, you can follow Brady Hawk 305. We come to you after the Miami Heat just route the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, 129 to 96. 10 and five now on the season, the one loss in Chicago, which shouldn't have been a loss. I mean, pretty much this team has played pretty damn good basketball for a while. We will get more into some of this on the injury report later or the more, most recent injury, but we do have to mention this at the top. There was no Bam Adebayo tonight. In addition to no Tyler hero on the other side, no Donovan Mitchell. So obviously that was a factor, but Miami tonight scores 129 points with eight players in double figures, the least of which was Jimmy Butler with 10 points. So no hero, no bam. Jimmy shot three of 12. He's now seven of 23 in the past two games. They've won both going away. He did have nine assists tonight, but we're not going to focus much on him tonight because they didn't need to focus much with him tonight because so many other guys played well and that's what we're going to get to and i'm going to do it right here at the top alex i'm not ducking this podcast because what happened tonight is what i said should be happening so let's lead in 
with a Gamer of the Night. And now on Five on the Floor, it's time for the Gamer of the Night, sponsored by Rock Esports Center, the place to eat, drink, and play all day. Host your next birthday party with them. Located at 15305 South Dixie Highway in Palmetto Bay, they've got a 5,500-square-foot state-of-the-art center equipped with all the high-end power. Play all-day passes, available for just 25 bucks. but if you mention five reasons... It's just $20. So mention five reasons or five RSN. You get to play all day for $20. And now, the gamer of the night. All right. Five threes in the first quarter. He made all of them. He's the first heat player to have five threes in the first quarter since current shooting coach Wayne Ellington did it in 2017. Here's what's remarkable to me about Kyle Lowry's performance tonight, which was 28 points, 9 of 14 from the field, 7 of 10 from 3, plus 3 assists in 29 minutes. 14 shots. (laughs) And look, it shouldn't have to be that everybody's out for him to be aggressive because the shooting ability is still in there. Like whatever else he's lost, and we can have a long podcast about that. Age ravages the best of us. But whatever else he's lost, he can still shoot. But he has refused to shoot unless everybody else is out. And tonight, with everybody else out, he set the tone. He led them in attempts for the game. He left the, led them in points for the game. It didn't disrupt the offense with him shooting. It amplified the offense. It made it easier for everybody else, and then everyone got a flow off of him. So I'm going to let one of you jump in here. Let's see. Who should we do tonight on this one? Um, Well, Greg, because you were the one who pointed out the on-off numbers with Kyle, and I know you've been critical of Kyle, as I have been, but I don't think either of us has said he can't perform for them at a certain level. At times, it seems like just his desire to do it. Yeah, well, it's it's not even – I would say the shooting thing has gotten better in these last couple games, and I think that that could be attributed to the fact that you're right, guys are out. Before that, though, there, it was a situation where I thought he was playing smart and I thought that he was playing um, safe basketball, like essentially what they're looking for him to do. But you're right, like he was passing up those shots – this is the kind of Kyle Lowry performance that lets you know it's still in there somewhere. Maybe if he shot so much more, he wouldn't be this effective. So that's why he bottles it up and only does it once a month or whatever it's turning out to become. But tonight he was awesome. And he basically, from the moment that this game started, and you know Cleveland was coming off a, a, a big win up in Philadelphia, but it was on the road and it was last night. It was the second game of a back-to-back. There's no BAM. So there's like, you know, obviously they look across there and they're, they don't know three or four of the Heat starters. And the Heat just jumped on him. But that was Kyle who led that early and really emphasized how aggressive he was, efficient. He looks really good stepping into that damn three-point shot. I hope he, I wish he would do it more. But this was a game where um, you, you do scratch your head a bit and think, why the hell wouldn't you do this on a regular basis? Maybe he just doesn't have it physically on a night-to-night basis to do that. I don't know. I'm searching for answers. I mean, I don't know that it's physically because the shots are there for him. It's, I mean, if you were asking him to do the driving, like we can talk about the driving, like the fact that he doesn't drive to the basket much. 
we can discuss it in that context and say, well, maybe he's saving himself for another night. But the shooting is just shooting the open shots. Like, he, he gets to spots, and he just doesn't shoot them. So, look, tremendous performance by him, and I'm going to want Alex and Brady to jump in on on that as we go forward here. But I want the two of you guys to, to sort of zero in on something else. Because, see, I, I don't think that what happened tonight necessarily happens with the previous Heat rosters. They've overcome the loss of a, a key player before, one or two, or for a stretch. But to have so many guys play at a high level tonight, and I give yeah. I give Spo credit for this. The minute distribution for this game is beautiful. Here it is, okay? Basically, nine guys played. We'll talk about the 10th later. He only had 10 available, okay? Doesn't have Jovic available. Doesn't have Kane available, right? They're still with the G League team. Uh, he doesn't have, and obviously didn't have Bam. He didn't have Tyler, right? He didn't have Love, okay? So he, he's well, happen either. And all, only only nine could play. Okay. Here is the minute distribution tonight. Kyle 29, Butler 28, Hawkins 28, Orlando Robinson 28, Josh Richardson 27, Caleb Martin 26, Haywood Highsmith 25, Duncan Robinson, who was in foul trouble early, 24, Thomas Bryant 24. Spolster literally had nine guys he could play. He played them all between 24 and 29 minutes, pretty much equal trust in a game like this. And I think all of them were effective in some way. Brady, give me the one guy, though, who jumped out to you the most. I hate that we, it's just, this is just becoming a regular Jaime Hawkins segment, but this is where we are. Like, the, the, he just continues to do stuff that, like, catches your eye and you're like, wait, he can do that too. But it's also a case of, like, he does it in such a solid fashion that you're not surprised that he has 22 points on, what was it, 7 of 10 shooting, I think it ended up being, uh, and 4 of 4 from 3. Uh, I said it earlier on somewhere else where I was like, everything that we questioned about him, he's learned so quickly and figured out that he's like perfected in like a 15-game span. Like you talked about defensively holding up in isolation. He's doing that against some of the best players in the league. You talk about shooting the three ball. Uh, I think now he's up to making 12 of his last 19 threes. Like, that is just an incredible thing. And ever since that game where he got put in the starting lineup where he shot one of seven from three, he's made 12 of his last 19. Uh, and just the stuff that he's doing, like running offense through, going downhill, throwing moves where uh, – throwing pump fake passes into layups. Uh, there was one where he did a move that I was like, that was so Jimmy – where he basically just did like a drop step spin, took contact and laid it in. It was the exact move that Jimmy spans 24 seven. It's like, it's just incredible how quick he learns, like how you notice, like how we talked about him emulating Jimmy, but he's literally emulating Jimmy in games right now. Uh, so it's just a crazy thing to see in general. Uh, but it, he just continues to impress. And we could talk about so many other guys too, but he was kind of the main one. Is this a crazy, is Alex there by the way? Oh, there you go. Okay, so he's, he's, he's I, like Joe Cronin hiding here in the dark. Um, I think he's frozen a little bit. Uh, so, I'll, okay, you're back. So let me ask you this question right now, Alex. Is this crazy before we get to other players? Right now, would Jaime Hawkins be the best player on the Portland Trailblazers? We asked a similar question tonight and on, on playback, and any chance I get, I'm going to try to promote playback. Another fun time tonight, playback.tv slash 5 and or download the app. No subscription needed to come hang out with us. And watch the game with us. Anyways, we we posed a similar question when we were talking about this, as far as like how many players 
on the Blazers are actually better than Jaime Hawkins right now. And I think like outside of Jeremy Grant, it's just, I, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> how many there are, to be honest. Um, and it's pretty crazy to say that. Like, it's it's pretty wild to be able to say that this early on in the season. Um, he's been fantastic, man. Aka just continues to stand out. And um, we, we also talked about this on playback that, uh, you know, shout out Pablo from Miami Heat beat one of their newer guys. Just he made this point on, on their show last night that it seems like the, there's already some changes being uh, made to the shot, specifically the catch and shoot three. Um, there's it's kind of more of a one motion jumper as opposed to his natural two motion, which I think is just, you know, the the way that he, you know, does it by default. And it's just how he prefers to do it. I think that's we've seen that in the past with guys Well, they'll, they'll make the three point shot a, a quicker one motion release as opposed to, you know, when you get inside the arc, it's a more controlled shot when you do the the two motions. And I, I, I think it makes sense. Like the, the, the catch and shoot looks clean and eternal. I think I think the stat that he mentioned on playback was that in his last five games, Hakez is 11 of 17 from three. I think that was a number. Regardless, whatever it is, he's been fantastic as of late from the three, and that was really the one hole that we had mentioned early on in the season when he was still playing fantastic. <clears throat> the one thing you could pick at is, well, he's going to be able to need to hit open threes at, at a decent enough level or else teams are just going to leave him open and ignore him out there. I don't think you can ignore him. Not only has he been making them at a high rate recently, he has never like hesitated to take it when it's there. And like he even had the one against the Bulls and the game before where it was like a jab step jumper. It wasn't even like a wide open in rhythm catch and shoot, which are most of his threes. Like he he's able to take some of those occasionally. Hakez is just an all around player, man. And the defense has been phenomenal. The offense is consistent. I love the way he pushes the pace whenever he gets the ball. And I feel like he still has the opportunity to get the ball in his hands more. Like he's doing all this stuff without having much offense run for him. Just whenever the ball gets into his hands, whether on or off ball, he's making something happen with it. And I mean, it's just been essential for them. Well, I mean, that, that is the big thing is, is the open catch and shoot three. And I don't know that I've seen a guy look so much more comfortable within a week. Like it's, it's happening. I'll, I'll just say the same thing I've said in every podcast. Every week that passes with this guy, we're going to look back at the week before and say that was child's play. That That's the, the the speed of development that they're at with him right now, or more so that he's at in terms of his comfort level and what he's doing. He knew he belonged from the very first minute he was here. He was trying not to be overly cocky about it, I think, but he carries himself a certain way, and it, it is ridiculous. And I'll, I'll go through a couple other guys here because I, I, I think there's – it's important what, what some of these players are starting to do because you look at the wings right now. They all played well tonight. Um, and we've been questioning some of this. Josh Richardson tonight, five of nine from the floor, 14 points. The defense has been there. Looks more comfortable with the shot. This was Caleb's, I mean, by far, okay? I mean, five of 12 for the field. He got 12 shots up. That's a comfort level thing here. He made two of his five threes. Uh, and I thought he had some big moments. And Highsmith gave him 10, 6, and 5 as a starter tonight. Greg, they can play a different way now. That's they didn't the have biggest... this kind of versatility and flexibility before. It's the biggest difference between prior rosters in this Jimmy build, in this Jimmy era, and this team in that the pieces that they can um, 
supplement or interchange. It's just a really dynamic mix that they haven't had before. And also because it, it essentially becomes a, you know, a situation where they have at times just a range of players that are anywhere from, you know, six eleven to six, five ish on the floor all at the same time, or occasionally four of those guys and just Kyle um, tonight. It even got more, uh, amplified because when drew smith went out it was essentially a situation where kyle was the only guard that was going to play or point guard that was going to play um it this is a big win for them this is a game that you easily could have lost um on this road trip cleveland can be tough at times i know that there was kind of like a scheduled loss for them but this is a game where when you walk away and you see all those guys play well it it's indicative of just you have a good team. The chemistry is there. Those things you just get, take care of business, move on to the next one. And I think everybody knows how highly we think of Max here. And obviously, we've appreciated the times he joined us on the podcast. I do want to mention, though, uh, Max Struess tonight, two of six from the floor, two of four from three. Really very, very low impact tonight. And again, I, I, I think, again, we all appreciate what Max provided. For Miami, the price was way out of range for where they were going to be willing to go. But I think you can see also kind of what the thinking was here. That, you know, Duncan did not have uh, a big game tonight, but Duncan has obviously filled the max role more than capably. And then you've added Hawkes to it. And I don't know that Struce's minutes would have been the same with Miami as they were last year, regardless of what happened. If they saw what they saw from Hawkes in camp. So different kind of player. I know he does different things, but the minutes were going to be stretched. However you look at it and it looks like Miami has replaced what it had before as much as Gabe and Max were valued with more versatility. There's a lot of options for the next thing. We'll get to our play of the night now. And now it's time for the Insurance by Lynette Play of the Night, sponsored by insurancebylynette.com and A Aggressive Insurance Agency. You can reach out to our friend Lynette at 954-581-8800. That's 954-581-8800 or insurancebylynette.com. That's insurancebylynette.com with two N's and two T's. Your best play for auto insurance, homeowner's insurance, condo insurance, life insurance, or a retirement program. Reach out to Lynette at insurancebylynette.com. All right, I'm going to put Alex on the spot. Here you go. You always say, I don't like me putting you on the spot. There's a lot tonight, so give me one that jumped out to you. I was absolutely not ready for this. I'm not going to lie to you and just come up with one off the top of my head. Like, you really, you're not putting me in a great spot here. Can somebody else come in and fill me in here? Brady, go. Okay, so... This was just such a – the fact they scored 130 points and were struggling to find a one play to kind of talk about that that was a <laughs> headliner. That says I'm gonna it give, all. I'm going to give a random one, though, that was kind of a, a – because a guy that we did not talk about yet. The Orlando Robinson play early in the game where, like, he was guarding at the top of the key and he, like, jumps a pass and gets a steal. Like, it was, like, oh, him yeah. guarding and goes in the other direction and finishes the dunk and it was, like – they played really well tonight, him and Thomas Bryant. Like, I thought they both were pretty solid. They were active on the offensive class. Uh, just a, You mentioned before, just a very light roster in general tonight that they just needed some type of production in terms of just getting them into their offense. I thought they did a good job of that. So that play specifically I thought stood out. Because, number one, we could talk about the offense tonight because they scored 129 points. But, like, when watching Thomas Bryant or Orlando Robinson 
being your center room. And like, there wasn't moments where I was like, okay, they're getting picked on defensively and drop. They're having troubles in the, in, in the zone where they're kind of all over the place. I didn't have that moment one time in this game that I thought they held up defensively pretty well. So I think that would probably be the play in terms of just Orlando staying ready. That's always the com- the conversation, but that's a big play to make when we've been kind of questioning his defensive abilities. I'm glad you went there because we should talk about the two of them more. They combined for 52 minutes. Yes, both played them together briefly at the end. Uh, they exceeded the 48 minutes. They played 52 minutes. And without Bam and Love, they had 24 points and 16 rebounds tonight. I'm going to give you the vaunted front line for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, Mobley and Allen combined for 17 points and 14 rebounds. Bright lights. Orlando Robinson. Orlando Robinson and Thomas Bryant outproduced Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Bright lights. And you know what I think this speaks to, honestly, early in this season? First thing, I'm going to declare right now. Eric Spolster has a much better handle on this team than he had on the team last year. It, it's clear from the beginning. that, and, and I did talk to him about this little training camp, and he talked about how it made sense there, there, that – there was he said there wasn't as much duplication to me, which I was like, okay, that's weird because it seems to me like there's a lot of wings, but he has guys who can do some of the same things, but each does a little bit different, but they're not in each other's way. Last year, when he got to training camp, he felt he had Hero with Oladipo and Gabe and Max. I don't think he had. I took him a while to sort it out, and then guys got hurt. I think this year there's more clarity for him, and I think what it's allowing to happen here is it's empowering these guys. And you're seeing that when Orlando Robinson plays, like Eric has made it clear to him, look, we're going to love right now against ahead of Bryant, so you're going to wait a little bit longer here. But there's going to be opportunities because we want to rest guys as the season goes on. Like they are looking at this thing as a marathon. And what that does is it does empower some of these guys between, say, 10 and 14 on the roster because they know there's going to be games where not only are they just going to plug in for three minutes, they're going to be featured in some way. Uh, and, and, And I think that Eric has given them that. And that's why you're seeing the types of plays that Brady's talking about or that Haywood Highsmith has made or others who we don't think of. Alex, I'm going to use the word. That A word, okay, with the L right after it. We don't think of it that way necessarily, but they are for a night. And I, I think that that's uh, – I think this is a really good job by Spolstra so far, Brady. Does that, so does that mean Spo does that is the real alpha? Is that what this means? Well, I think we've declared yes. that a long time ago. So I, Can I, I just I, say I to that point because you brought up Spo, we've talked so much about – like I've been talking about Bam Defensive Player of the Year and the fact that you know he's probably never going to get credit for that no matter what happens. Can we just say that probably the best chance of the what who most deserving, or I don't even want to say that because I think Bay is the most deserving, but in terms of just putting himself in a position for an award, what Eric Spolster is doing to start this year, he needs to be in coach of the year conversations early in the season. Like will not be. Will not be. Winning nine of your last ten circumstances. Will not be because because there is a double standard to this that it is unexplainable, but I'm gonna try. Um, the Miami Heat don't have good players. They don't, okay? Like, people ticketed them for the play-in and all this, right? Because the, they lost Struess and Vincent, okay? that's and We're seeing how that's playing out. They don't have good players. But it doesn't have anything to do with the coach when they win. Like, this is kind of, this is where they have two, they're too good an organization, and they're expected to be somewhere around there at the end. So now, at this point, Spolster's not going to get credit for leading them there. I mean, who's going to be discussed early this season? 
Who is the coach in Minnesota? I don't even know. They, oh, uh, Finch, Finch, right? It's a best record award or best improvement award. But yeah, surprise going team. to play in, play in the top four, let's say, in the East, like you're, you're talking about a circumstance that it feels like – let's just give this credit. Like, let's forget national narratives. He is coaching an incredible season so far, it feels like. Just like being oh, yeah. in a game this year, no Tyler, no Bam, and essentially no Jimmy. <laughs> like in right. walking into Cleveland and putting up 129 on them, it's like we could talk about certain guys because I don't want to discredit them because a lot of these guys are playing well, but he is putting them in position to do all of this. He is the one that is funneling all of this. I watched him run a 40-yard a, a dash to get Haywood Highsmith in the game off the bench yep. to check in for a defensive play. Like if that doesn't deserve some coach of the year praise, I don't know what does. People are going to look more at Orlando and Indiana and Minnesota and and those kind of teams Five. that were not projected, even though – the story of the year. Same people – even though most of those same people did not project the Miami Heat to be in the top four, they're still going to look at the t- at the teams that have not been competitive recently. That's what it is. It's a best record award or team that hasn't been very good for a little while. So it's going to be Carlisle and Indiana, or it's going to be Orlando, it's going to be Minnesota. It's uh, it's going to be one of those teams if this this stuff holds up. Instead of it being the guy who is universally acclaimed, I think at this point is the best coach in the league. Since Pop is too busy grabbing the microphone to scream at his own fans, oh my God. we'll get into that. We'll that get into so that another day. Uh, all right, I, I do want to get to the injury report here, though, uh, before we close, because I know people are going to have questions. We haven't mentioned one of the major things uh, that happened tonight. And now it's time for the official Five on the Floor Injury Report, sponsored by our friend Eric Rubenstein, the personal injury attorney. Born and raised in Lauderdale, Florida, lives in Miami, went to St. Thomas. He's a South Florida guy and a huge Miami Heat fan. But the important thing is he can help you get your money that you deserve when something happens to you. So reach out to our guy, Eric Rubenstein. Again, ericrubenstein.com or ask about me. I got you on Instagram. And now... The injury report. All right. If you've ever been to Cleveland, which I have, um, and you've ever been to the arena, I don't know what it's called now, but it was Quicken Loans when I was there a lot. Uh, you know that it's set up a little bit different, that the, the, the floorboards are raised so that the fans have a better view. I've always thought that that place is kind of a barn, to be honest. But this is one of the things they do for the fans. But when you do that, you're supposed to make sure that the floorboards – I mean, you don't have potholes, basically, on the floor. And Drew Smith essentially stepped in a pothole and injured his knee. So we don't have a report on it yet, but it didn't look good. I was actually listening on the radio to Jason Jackson at the time, and he was talking about, we're not going to see Drew for a while. I think that was the initial reaction when we saw the injury. It's unfortunate because, uh, you know, whatever people thought of Drew getting the roster spot, he worked for it, and uh, I know Eric Spolcher values him, and the reality is they don't have – other point guards uh, because also uh, RJ Hampton is out for an extended period of time with a knee injury that he suffered when he wasn't with the heat or was with their G uh, G league team. And, uh, and so I don't even know where they go with this. Uh, Greg, what do you think they would do here? If Drew Smith's out for an extent, I mean, it's nice to say Kyle Lowry did this tonight, 29 minutes, but you can't expect him to do this all the time. And we know he's going to take games off. So what do they do? They go, they have to go get a guy now. Do they have to flip? Well, I mean, that to take away RJ's, Two-way? I mean, Cole Swider had like 35 tonight. I don't think they want to take away his. Do you take away Hamptons because he's hurt and you just give up on that project for the time being and go get another point? 
You need somebody. Mm, yeah, I think you ultimately will, and I think that they'll wait to see how long Drew Smith is going to be out because they probably could stem the tide for for a limited amount of time. But if this is like something that's serious, and, and it kind of looked like it was, but I don't want to speculate on what the hell happened. It just he looked like he was in a lot of discomfort. Uh, unfortunate situation there. Um, I think that they would look to the outside. I saw today that Portland waived Jamare Bouye as uh, a two-way player, uh, and that's somebody that you know was vying for a final roster spot in Miami before they ultimately chose to go with Drew Smith, um, and was surprised, you know, by all accounts that um, it went the way that it did. So maybe they circle back there. Goran is on the couch. Austin Rivers is on the couch, but I think Goran is the one everyone wants to ask about. But I don't know that they're going to be real quick to leap on any of those. So I would almost bet that it's more likely it's a developmental younger player that they bring in that they feel can be a stabilizing factor. And that's why Bouye, as much as the name connects, because just recently he was you know around the team as a point guard, he doesn't really organize the way that they touted Drew Smith. And that's why they kept Drew Smith. I would think that they maybe could find another player that fits that mold a little bit better. Um, but you got to see how long he's out first. Yeah. And, well, you mentioned Booyah, and it's the first thing I thought, cause I saw the hiking tweet today about how, you know, the, the Blazers are parting ways with him after, like two days after they brought him in. But we had heard also that he was like you said, that he wasn't really happy about getting let go. So I don't know where that stands or I would assume he would take the opportunity if he could, but we will see. Uh, Goran's interesting because there's been no buzz around Goran at all. He just seems like he's happy playing his with his contract. Kids. I know would be too big. Like it's just, I, it's just what it is. Right. Like it's going to put them over the second apron, unless my math is That's wrong. True. Like if he's his contract is is either going to put them above the second apron or right at it, because I think Kevin loves vet minimum, and that's a similar one mm-hmm. as far as years spent in the league is two point seven mil, if I remember correctly, and that's right about like where the heat are away from the second apron. So I feel like Bouye, if anybody would be more likely just because the contract would be fraction. I mean, a fraction of what Goran would make. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's why it likely should be a two way. And again, I don't know what Goran's intentions are right now. He he wanted to play. I know that, uh, but it, it almost seems like either he didn't get any offers or he's just, just waiting to see what happens. As far as the other injuries here, no Tyler hero. Again, I'm not expecting him back in New York. I would, I think the earliest that he would be back would be Milwaukee. They've bought time now also with the way that they're playing. So there's no reason to rush that he could be back for that play. Look, depends how much they want that in season tournament game and also how rusty they think he might be, but he could be back for that game against the bucks uh, after they get home and bam, I'm not hearing, I, I reached out to a couple of people. I'm not hearing that the hip injury is serious. He did go to shoot around today he's dealt with this before um i know everybody's like oh it's an automatic loss because we don't have bam against their bigs well they did have orlando robinson and thomas bryant so that worked out okay all right we're going to close here we're going to do another podcast tomorrow oh you had a number you okay i'll let you give one number because i say one number and we're going to be here for 11 minutes and then you're going to be complaining alex that the file's too long and i'm going to be complaining in the morning that i'm sleepy because you've got some numbers but al we should really get this segment sponsored should we Alex's numbers after the podcast is done. How do we do that? <laughs> no, we have too many segments already. We may, we may have to keep that as an off day thing, perhaps. That's right. Yeah. Uh, give me one number. You can get one tonight. Go ahead. Okay. Well, look, it's it's going to be two because one of them was going to be a shout out to uh, my guy, Crab Smut Peddler. Um, it's just funny to say that on the podcast. I had but... to extend the podcast to get a shout out to Crab Smut Peddler. That's, 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 that's frequent good. listener. Um, 
disc frequent discord participant which of course you guys should check out link in the description uh much better than what you were getting with window a lot more stuff and a constant chat so check that out anyways shout out crab for tweeting out this number and obviously the numbers are going to change because this is tweeted earlier today and so this is not include what happened tonight but um something that he tweeted out in the last nine games not including tonight so ever since the one and four start they're off the heat's on off data without bam on the floor plus 18 i mean they have and i think it's a theme from tonight as well when you look at the bench and how much they scored what spo has done with the rotation patterns man i think it's a like, I think it's a great adjustment. And look, frankly, I'm not phased at all by your timer because you've been pushing us for five years to do 20-minute pods, so I don't want to hear it from you specifically. That's true, I have. And we're, and, and we're at minutes 31. So don't put it on me. Uh, <laughs> if, if I want to talk, I'm the one that's going to edit this. I'm damn sure edit this thing and get this out here as quick as possible. Just but make no, sure shout out to Crab. That's all. The point I was trying to make before you were hurrying me up is that the Heat's bench has been much better as of late, and I think it has to do with the way that they've been staggering Jimmy and Bam, where they just, you always have one of your two best players on the court, and that's really what, what they've done. Like, they figured out the pairings. They figured out the right combinations, and I just think you don't have weak lineups out there when the team is whole and healthy. So that's that's a huge thing. And just to Brady's point before about the season that Spo is having, you know, again – in a game without Bam, you know, Kevin Love as well, they were able to put up against the fourth-best defensive rating, 134.4 points per 100 possessions, just a fantastic offensive rating. In the half court, it was at 110, which is in the 88th percentile. Again, the Cavs are supposed to be a great defensive team. Yes, they were missing Donovan Mitchell, but, like, the Heat played a fantastic game. I think most times in the past you see Bam go out, and it's like, well, might be a scheduled loss. And I think you mentioned something at the top, Ethan, as far as, like, this doesn't happen in the past. The only year I could think of where this has happened was when they got the one seed, when they had that stretch without Jimmy and Bam and Kyle was doing his thing and just guys were in and out throughout that whole season. They were able to stay alive and have a strong regular season because of surviving that stretch. So that that's, to me, like, their depth is, is, is really being shown off right now because of what Spo has done with them. All right. That was all worth it. And we got the shout out to Crab Smud Peddler. So if there's a, if there's a, like one of those crab house uh, around South Florida, Crafty Crab, my daughter loves that one. If you want to sponsor the, the Alex Toledo stats brought to you by Crab Smud Peddler, 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 I'm sorry, <laughs> reach out to me. The Heater 10 and 5. Who expected that? Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. After all, someone needs to listen to my dad. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, you are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.